The advice and opinions expressed by the hosts of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod, and we are coming to you live from the Warner Center in Woodland Hills, California. This is the home for Autism Live. It is also the home for the Center for Autism and Related Disorders. Thrilled to be here with you on this Wednesday morning. I just want to take a quick second to say uh, it's raining here in, in Southern California, and that makes it a little bit nuts. But we want to make sure we still have tickets available for our sensitive santa event that we do every year if you are in the los angeles area please uh, go directly to our facebook site right now there is a link that you can click and you can register for the free free tickets we uh, opened it up normally we only do it on one day a year and so many people have said to us why why don't you do it for a couple of days so we have thursday night tomorrow night friday and all day saturday um, and we still have openings for kiddos. What you get to do is you get to go into a We Rock the Spectrum gym. You sign up for an hour time. Uh, you bring your whole family, all of your kiddos, on the spectrum, not on the spectrum. Bring grandma if you want to, just no dogs, okay? And you come to the gym, and instead of waiting in line to see Santa, there's no line waiting. The kiddos play. And we have card therapists that are there to help facilitate good play. And then one by one, an elf comes and finds your child, and they get to go, the whole family gets to go have a private audience with Santa Claus. You get to take as many pictures as you want. There is nobody standing there telling you you have to hurry. Uh, we, we have been doing this for, this is the sixth year. We have never, not once, not been able to get the picture. So um, the kids love it, and sometimes they don't, the first time, they, they can't get close to Santa. That's okay. We do sort of a, you know, just sort of meet and greet, and then they go back and play, and then we bring them back in, and sometimes we have to bring them back in four times, but you get to be able to take as many pictures as you want. It's really emotional. Everybody has a really good time, and to top that off, uh, the, all the children that are there get a wrap toy. And these are some of the toys from our Festival of Toys and from the companies in our, our, our Festival of Toys that have been so generous. Everything is free. There is absolutely no cost. So if you are in the Los Angeles area, register now. Uh, go to our Facebook. Traven is showing it to you. And we, unbelievably, we still have tickets. Uh, okay. I also want to say to you that throughout this next hour, we're going to be live. We do have Dr. Doreen Grampichet here with us. We're going to be live. She's going to be answering your questions. So Trayvon's going to show you right now all the different ways that you can connect, all the different ways that you can have your thoughts, feelings, questions, concerns addressed. So uh, please be writing in right now and check out all the different ways that you can watch the show. While he shows you that, I want to remind you that our homepage is autism-live.com. When you go there, there's lots of things that you can do. Check out the toy guide at the top, chat with us at the bottom, in addition to chatting with us on Facebook and YouTube and all of those things. I do want to say that we had a viewer who, uh, well, we'll get into that when we get into other things. Uh, but please be with us here for this next hour. Uh, have your questions answered. It, uh, I'm trying to give Traven just a couple of more seconds to show you the things. But um, we, we have with us one of the most wonderful people on the face of the earth, right? Uh, it is time for Ask Dr. Doreen. Dr. Doreen Grand-Pichet is the... Doctor. Dr. Doreen is an expert in autism. Doreen Grand-Pichet. Dr. Grand-Pichet. Dr. Doreen Grand-Pichet. Dr. Doreen Grand-Pichet is a visionary in the field of autism. Now you can ask her questions on Ask Dr. Doreen. 
hello and welcome. <laughs> I was just saying they've turned the heat on in the studio, and and I I at some point if I keel over, it is from heat. Uh, it's, it's all over the building. It's upstairs too. We were like is, really taught. Yes. Uh, and I understand that it's raining, but you know I'm a woman of a certain age and a Me certain too. size. You're not of the size. It's like whoa. Uh, I feel like I'm on a beach uh, or in a pizza <laughs> oven. But other than that, folks, um, we're here with Dr. Good Doreen Grampuchet. And uh, she's one of my favorite people on the face of the earth. And uh, honestly, uh, to have her here to be able to answer your questions in this format is just such a wonderful, lovely thing. For those of you who don't know her, she truly is, I think, the preeminent expert in autism in our time, and what other time is there than now for autism? And she's been working in this field for many years, and um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like to give it away, but well, uh, a long time. Really? Um, older than your children and she's been working with your adult children and she's been working with kids from very young age up through senior citizens so there is no better mind to be able to help us uh, with questions please keep in mind though that there is no expert in this field or any other that could give individual specific advice in this format it would be a disservice to to you and to the individual to assume that we could but please write in be as specific as possible and Dr. Grampichet will open up her beautiful mind and share with you information that she has, which really can help you to know which question to ask next, which expert to go to next. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Um, Looking forward to it. All right. And I wanted to, um, I started to say this before, we had somebody who wrote in to us um, from England who wanted to stay um, confidential, but one of the things that they wanted to say is thank you so much for oh, everything and so all nice. the information that you have shared and how helpful it has been to them. Um, but they had a question, and a couple of people have written in with questions about skills mm -hmm. for autism and asking if the 14-day free trial still exists. Yes, and, as far as I know, it does. And, yes. and I want to let everybody know that I called and checked and made sure this morning it doesn't exist in the same way that it used to. Okay. used to be that if you signed up, it, you automatically got the 14-day free trial and they wouldn't charge your credit card until day 15. Um, it doesn't work that way on the website anymore apparently. Um, so just to clarify that if you would like to do that though they are still willing to do that you just have to call and, and speak to somebody because the website won't do it automatically but they will give you the 14-day free trial. Good. And I always say to people you know call and tell them that Shannon sent you and if you decide to stay ask mm -hmm. for the Shannon Penrod friends and family uh, <laughs> discount that's right, that's right. which they're still figuring out I, but anyway but there's some sort of a discount and I should uh, actually say here that we have a new executive director for skills uh -huh. who is starting Andre next week okay and we're very excited about that so uh, lots of good stuff will be coming for skills too. I will make sure that I become best friends with that person so he's, that the friends so that the friends and family uh, Shannon Penrod discount oh, sure remains it, all right yes. okay um, okay, so and we we began to answer this question the other day, but then Grandma wrote in again, so I think she missed it. So I want to address it just at the beginning. Uh, hey, I'm a grandma that takes care of my autistic grandson who has sensory processing nonverbal. Uh, I can have them Thursday through Saturday, and I'm trying to get respite, but I'm having a hard time getting it. I live in Madera County, California. And we had addressed this just at the last, last week, but she wrote in again, so I don't think she saw it. I just want to say, for those of you who are in the California area, make sure that first you become a regional center client, right? Um, and you might go, oh, but I don't get that much out of being a regional center client. That's all about to change because self-determination is going to be there for everyone um, by next year. So make sure that you sign up for, to be a regional center client. Jump through all of those hoops. Then you must sign up for Medi-Cal. And I know that, again, you go, oh, I don't know if it's worth it. It's a lot of paperwork. Yes, it's absolutely worth it. Because once you sign up for Medi-Cal, please sign up for IHSS, In-Home Health Support Services. What that does is makes you eligible to get more respite, because you'll get some respite from the regional center. Once you sign up for Medi-Cal, that respite from the regional center will cost you zero dollars which is a very good thing, right? And when you get IHSS, you will get more respite and they will pay you or someone else 
for the anything that is above and beyond that you have to do for your child that you wouldn't have had to do for a neurotypical child. So, you know, for a four-year-old, most four-year-olds need help getting dressed, right? Absolutely, so, absolutely. So they're not going to pay you for dressing a four-year-old. But if you have a 14-year-old and he needs help getting dressed, they will pay you for the time that it takes to dress him. Very good. If you have to drive them to medical appointments, they will pay you for, from the time that you leave your house until you get to the medical appointment. Perfect. Because that's something you wouldn't have to do for a neurotypical child. Right. And the whole idea behind that, the great state of California believes that um, some families want to keep th these individuals at home and that that should be honored. but you shouldn't be penalized for that. That's right. You should be, um, you know, rewarded for that and somebody should help you to do that. And the fact is if they didn't live with you, they would live someplace else and it would cost the state something else. So they want to help you. And, you know, for those of you who are like, well, I can't get my child to the center mm -hmm. um, because I, I would have to leave work. Well, then you can contract somebody. You pick who you want. It could be your brother-in-law who right. drives well and you pay them to drive your child to the center. Somebody gets paid. In some cases, it's the moms. And I will say that, you know, we... It's a great benefit, honestly. I wished I had known about it. Right. Well, and I wish it was more than just California. This is yes. very much California-specific. Yes. It's really good. It is California-specific. There are some little programs in other states, but nothing like in California. Um, but I do want to say that anymore, we encourage everyone in every state, if you have a child with autism, to sign up for whatever the medic Medicare program is in your state, right. because there are some benefits to that. But it's in terrific. the state of California, it is that three-step process, and it takes a long time. First, the regional center takes a while. Yes. Then, um, you know, uh, Medi-Cal sign-up. Medi-Cal sign-up takes a while. But have somebody, have your regional center person help you to do the IHSS paperwork because it starts, your your um, your submission starts on the day that you put it in and it might take eight months, but then they give you a check back to the first day that you put it in. That's amazing. And sometimes for families, that is the difference of being homeless. That's amazing. Right? Absolutely. It's absolutely amazing. That's so amazing. it's a great investment for your time and it makes things like the respite very possible. Wonderful. Uh, that is the thing to do. Okay. So, um, all right. Uh, moving on, let's get into some questions that you guys... Sounds uh, good. Uh, somebody on Facebook yesterday wrote in and said, so I wish I could figure out how to get my son excited for speech therapy. It's Fridays and it takes away from his routine. Right. And so what would you suggest for that? Well, I mean, there's a lot of different things you can do whenever, just always remember when you have to... Uh, when you're placing a demand or doing something that's unpleasant, then increase the reinforcers, right? So that means basically on Fridays after speech therapy, your son should get some type of reward that he doesn't get the rest of the week. Uh, first of all, you know, identify what that is and what's meaningful to him. And if it's just about, if his discomfort is just because he's giving up his routine then it doesn't it's not a big deal make you just reward it and he will get used to it but please also make sure that uh, you observe his speech sessions and make sure that it's nothing other than increased demand and that's why he doesn't like it but yeah. just reward I mean any kind of I always tell people like the days that you're taking your child to see a doctor dentist pediatrician they're gonna get a shot Anything like that, just increase reward on those days. I loved, uh, yesterday I went to leave the building and uh, somebody made the mistake of telling me that I was a good parent and I was like, oh, you have no idea. And, <laughs> and I said, I'm about to be the most unpopular person on the block because I was forcing my son to go with me to decorate Christmas trees for the Sensitive Santa event. Oh, right. And I knew for sure that there were other things on his agenda. Yes, you know what I'm yes, saying? Yes, yes, And uh, because I, I'm, I'm here in this building, the person said, ah, what's the reinforcer that you're going to be offering? Oh, there you and, go. I, and I said, oh, well, no, he's getting getting Zanku chicken for dinner. There you go. And because as a parent, you just know that like there's some things that you're going to ask your child to do. They don't and, want to do. And, and my, my kid is so well attuned to this and knows that he gets a paycheck for things. And I picked him up and I was like, okay, you're not going to be happy, but we, you know, here's Afterwards, what, we'll here's what we have to go do. And he was like, Where, what are we having for dinner? And I was uh. like, how to send coup and he was like I'm all good let's go get these trees decorated right oh that's uh, so sweet right? um, is Zanku his favorite well it's one of his favorites that's Zanku good. is you know it's uh, I, I don't know if you've ever had it oh yes it's oh, fantastic it's good stuff. Yeah. so um, in any case yeah um, 
and your kids get used to that so that you don't have to go through the big rigmarole of, uh, you know, what. That's true. And then, of course, there'll be somebody who will write in and go, but then, uh, and actually, we have a question on here. What's the difference between bribing and reinforcing? Maybe we should jump to that one. Sure, absolutely. Uh, and, and they said, hi, Shannon, what's the difference between bribing and reinforcing? Love your show and energy. We love you back. That's awesome. Uh, but what is the so, difference? So, uh, um, bribing, uh, first of all, let's just say bribing is, some th is very similar to reinforcing. It's a reminder of a reinforcer coming. So uh, that's basically the answer. Reinforcers occur after the fact. There are things that you give to reward a behavior uh, that has occurred. Uh, bribing, which we would classify as a discriminative stimulus or SD, is basically the reminder that a reinforcer is coming. So it occurs before the behavior has, has taken place. And with that said, there's nothing wrong with bribing. We call it In bribing. Instance, we give it a yeah. bad name. I right. mean, bribing is, you know, the negative associated with bribing is like has to do with people paying uh, for bad things to happen or whatever it is. But the truth is, all you're doing is you're reminding someone that there's a reward in it for you. And if they do the behavior, they get the reward. And, and I think a lot of what parents worry about is that, well, I, you know, they'll say, well, I, I want him to do it um, because that's the right thing to do. Right, And right. If, if every time I give him something, then he'll never learn. And I just want to say from a parent perspective of somebody who's gone through this, nothing could be further from the truth. Like, I, you know, we, we stopped um, rewarding everything mm -hmm. and have more of, I think, what you guys call the... Um, Natural the, Well, it's the slot machine. Uh, mm -hmm. That sometimes you win and sometimes you Variable don't. Variable ratio. Okay, <laughs> we call it the slot machine. And um, so sometimes he gets something and sometimes he doesn't. It just right. sort of depends. But I see my child like being helpful to other people um, and doing Absolutely. things because they're the right thing to do and because he enjoys now That's right. how people treat him when he's doing those kinds of things. That's right. That's and right. so it, it now it maintains itself in so many different ways and then there's a reinforcer afterwards. And that's life. I mean, if you look at everything that we do in life, there's a natural, there's a built-in reinforcer for things, right? So one could say, uh, you know, if you tell someone, uh, go do this job and you will get paid $50,000, that's a bribe. Yeah. Right? All it is is a reminder of the reward. And by the way, no one would go to work if they didn't have the reward of money. Right? Right. So everything we do is based on some sort of reward that we are hoping to gain by it. Now, it's not always a reward that's outside of the actual act. In some cases, we're just motivated, like you said. The reward comes from uh, the feeling you have that you just helped someone. The reward comes from the feeling of you have that you made your parents proud. Yeah. And that's the one I always use as an example with parents because a lot of our at times, our kids are not yet aware. Because remember, Shannon, it goes back to that whole theory of mind thing that we talk about, right? So like typically developing kids often are extremely aware of how their parents feel from day one and that what their parents are thinking. Um, you know, what's in my parent mom's mind? This is the beginning of executive uh, function, joint attention. Yeah. You look at mom, you realize mom is looking at that and finding it ha fan funny, so maybe I should yeah. as well. These are some of the things where it's almost like mind reading. Yeah. And when, we, when you can read the mind of your parents, you know doing your homework makes them proud. If yeah. they're proud, they give you a hug. That's the reward you want. And with our kids, a lot of times they can't recognize those key features. And secondly, they don't really care about those. They're not reinforcing to our kids to get a hug from mom is not necessarily the reward the child's looking for. Right. They find it more rewarding to perhaps like do something more self-simulatory. Right. So why would I then socialize? Because that in itself is aversives. And I don't really care if somebody gives me a hug about it. You know what I mean? So yeah. The contingencies are different. So we have to make it more obvious for our kids initially. Yes. And as Shannon said, over time, it becomes very, very easy to reduce those rewards. And you do actually reduce them to a variable ratio, variable interval schedules, and you make it so that it's more like real life. Yeah. In real life, you know, you can do a good deed. You don't always get rewarded for it. Right. But you're used to it. Right. And I think that our kiddos get 
um, they get very comfortable and I don't want to use the word addicted, but they really like it when things are going well and are easy, right. like a lot of us, right. right? Absolutely. And if I just have to do this and it makes mom happy, then that makes me happy right. is, is how I Over see time. him look at it. Yeah. And the other thing that's kind of interesting with this whole schedules of reinforcement, a lot of people think that if you reward a behavior every single time it occurs, when you stop rewarding every single time it occurs, the behavior is going to stop. That's the opposite of the truth. When you have a continuous schedule of reinforcement, that means I reward every single time. And if I gradually now reduce it, that behavior actually never goes away mm -hmm. because psychologically what's happening is the individual, the person is always thinking, wait, do I need to do two more times to get this reward? Where's that reward? I'm going to yeah. keep doing it. That's yeah. the ex where variable ratio leads to no extinction. Yeah. Like a behavior will never go away if you occasionally reward it. Yes, absolutely. So don't worry. And life it, gets good when this sort of, when, oh, it, when, yeah, it, when these kinds of things happen. It just gets so much easier. Absolutely. So bribe away. Yes, bribe away. <laughs> don't uh, worry. And, and don't feel guilty about it because it works. All right, we're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back and answer more of your questions. Stick with us. Hey, I'm Candace Cameron Bray. Tom Bergeron. You're watching Autism Live. And you're watching Autism Live. And you're watching Autism Live. You're watching Autism Live.
Welcome back. So you just saw a video showing some of the uh, previous uh, sensitive Santa. So again, that's happening tomorrow, Thursday. It goes from 5 to 8 tomorrow. Then on Friday, it goes from 4 to 7. And then on Saturday, from 10 to 3.30. So, and then on Saturday at 4 o'clock, I will be so tired that you will <laughs> have to scrape me off the sidewalk. But on, on Friday, you're coming... We're coming for the last 40, 40 minutes. We, we moved it an hour earlier because we have something, that place that we have to be on Friday night for the last 40 minutes. God bless. You'll take us in costume because that will be how we will that have to That will come. be amazing. <laughs> There's, no, There's no other time. That's incredible. Uh, so in any case, I, you know, the thing about um, Sensitive Santa for me and for my family, it has now become our holiday tradition. And... Um, my son will only be there on Saturday. So if you're coming to meet my son, come on Saturday. But um, uh, it, it is a thing as a family that we really embrace. And there is a moment um, during every year that we've done it where each person literally falls apart. Falls apart and then we have to like, you know, you know, yeah. get it back together. Last year, we were so excited that there were two busloads of adults who came from an adult center. That's so nice. And, um, you know, we have all these different gifts to give. And, there, you know, we gave one person had their visit with Santa and they got this one gift. It's those massive googly balls from Imperial Toys that they look like a big koosh ball. Sure. And, um, and they had seen one and they, they sort of asked for it. I said, oh, we, you know, and so I gave that to one adult. And then another adult came in and I went to give them another. Uh, and they wanted the same thing. And they were like, no, 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 can we all have the, the googly balls? And so I wish we'd gotten a picture of them when they got back on their buses, all of them Aww. with their googly balls, and they were just absolutely loving them. And I, I think that was what sort of leveled all of us. We just were like, ugh. This you know. is what it's all about. Well, and what a privilege to be able to be there. That's true. You know, yeah. um, that there's lots of other things you could be doing with your time, but what a privilege to get to be there and hand a gift to somebody that is at, that is meaningful to them at a point in their life when you Absolutely. would love to give them something meaningful. Absolutely. You know? Big, big privilege. And a privilege to get to be there and see kids that, um, for the first time, get to have that interaction with Santa that's meaningful. Yeah. And and to watch the mom's reactions because nice. yeah. they sob. Absolutely. They sob and they're like, I just thought I would never get to have a Santa picture. That's amazing. Uh, and I can remember thinking that. Yeah. That, uh, well, that's that's not for us. Yeah. We're, you, we're never going to get to do that. That's incredible. So Did you if, get enough volunteers this year? Um, we still are taking volunteers. That's good. We are still taking volunteers. Um, I think we're good on Saturday, but it's uh, tomorrow and, of course, Friday. Friday. So many things going on on Friday. Yes. Um, but anyway, uh, it's all good. And we hope that you guys will come. It is free. There is no cost. There's nobody charging you for a picture. There's nobody charging you to get in the gym. Nobody charges you for the gift. It's totally free, and that's all there is to it, which I absolutely love. Okay, moving on. Uh, the next question that we have, my son is four uh, years, 10 months old, was typical till two and uh, 2.8 years, and then he lost all his speech and slowly... Uh, and slowly picked up since then working with him one-on-one -on -one, applying sunrise principles and we were coming to the point where he was able to request all of his needs and pretty much well connected but now since this August we have started his school and slowly we are feeling his speech is dropping and he is not well connected with us at home please advise yeah so I mean it's clearly you've changed his environment and the way that he interacts with people. School is going to be pretty drastically different from if you were running a sunrise program. So you I can't really advise you on the sunrise program and and how you would go back to to establishing the gains that you uh, perhaps saw during that program. Sunrise is a very a child-centered type of program so perhaps your child is having difficulty with adjusting to environmental rules and requirements which would be kind of the opposite of the way sunrise is um, so I you know and in the long run honestly I think you need to uh, help your child acclimate to the fact that we have to adhere to the rules of school, right? I mean, there's no choice. We all kind of have to. So uh, there, perhaps you, you basically have three options right now. I would say you go back and contact the folks at Sunrise who are helping you. 
um, and you tell them what's going on and they should intervene and give you feedback and help you move forward. The second uh, option is to actually start an ABA program. If you start an ABA program, uh, Applied Behavior Analysis, it'll help with this particular situation as well as any other issues and language and so on. So that's another option. The third option is to just go to your school and say, my child is having issues right now. I'm noticing his speech has dropped. And if you have to say it 10 times, say it 10 times. Like, do not give up. A one time is definitely not enough. Call for an emergency IEP. Make a big fuss. And they will give you uh, assistance. They'll give you a BCBA, board certified behavior analyst, who can come in, look and find out exactly why your child might not be doing well. They will assess. Your school would do an assessment to identify what's going on with his speech right now. What's going on? Does he have anxiety? Is it is it an environment he just can't cope with? And then they'll suggest resources. You you just have to push. So basically, either sunrise or your school, or start an ABA program. And I just want to say, because I'm not an expert, and so I can say whatever I want to say. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, I, I, one of my dearest friends, uh, one of my college roommates, her um, son was diagnosed with autism 25 years ago. And I watched her first go through autism, and she is like a hero to me. And what she was able to find back in that time was the Sunrise program. She went and got trained. She did the Sunrise program with her son. It was intensive. She had volunteers from the community. I mean, I was, I was so impressed with her, how she carried being an autism mom and the things that she did for her son. And, um, and they had some results that she was really happy with, with Sunrise. And um, now he is a 20 five, 26-year-old young man, and she comes and sees my son, and she weeps. Mm. She weeps and says, oh, what did we miss? Um, because her son um, is in a day program where he puts things together, and he can read the New York Times, but he is in a program where he puts things together, and, and she was grateful for that. And I just want to say that from her perspective, and she always says to me, Shannon, tell the parents, I loved my Sunrise program, but tell them to go do what you did. So I'm telling, I'm yeah. telling you, go get an ABA program um, uh, and help your child to gain the skills that they need to be in the world. Yeah. Um, and um, so that's, I'm just throwing that at you. Want to uh, look at some of the things that we, uh, people on Facebook, Karen Delaney wrote in and said, happy holidays to you and Jem and Hubs. And, and Karen, thank you for being with us from day one. Uh, I want to encourage people, Karen and I are friends on Facebook, and Karen, I saw that you got out the good china for Thanksgiving because she's living large. Nice, wasn't, nice. wasn't sure if she was going to do that, but got out the good china. I saw that. Uh, you can friend me on Facebook. I'm mm -hmm. friends with lots of viewers, and I saw it, Karen. I saw it, and I was like, go, Karen. Uh, <laughs> Alana Gershlevitz has written in, Aww. and she says, we love you, Shannon and Doreen. Skills and card are the best in the world. Hi, and, and many hand you. clapping to her that she wrote in. And we miss you, Alana. Come and visit us soon. Um, and then uh, the O-Mom, who refers to herself as the O-Mom, yes, has yes. written in and says that insurance just dropped her son oh. from 20 hours to 18. He's now, now, now he's nine years old, and she wants to know, is that enough? You know, honestly, it, the, I guess... Enough is a hard one to answer because, first of all, I don't know what, you're ch what, what he's working on right now. Mm -hmm. um, but it could very well be enough because of his age. He's got so many other things going on. This is one of the things that I talk about often is that um, our kids, the older they get, there's like a million other things coming in their lives. So it's very, very difficult to fit in everything that we need them to learn. So, you know, and you can't, some of the stuff you can reduce, but you can't, like, drop them out of school, for example. Like, there are certain things you just have to do. So their time becomes a little overwhelming, and, like, the stuff that they have to do becomes just excessive. Um, she's asking, and I hate to interrupt you, but she's saying, course. I would like for you to see my child and judge what he needs if he needs more than what insurance approved. Yeah, I'd be happy to. She says, you're so knowledgeable and you've been doing this for so long, you can see what path my child needs. And Absolutely, I'd love to. And I have seen him in the past and I'm happy to see him again. 
and see you. I haven't seen you in a while, and I look forward to it. We'll get you scheduled. Okay. And I'm going to have some more time coming in 2020 so that I can do more clinical work. There we go. Uh, Michelle on YouTube wants to know, what do you do when you're at the store and your child wants chocolate or cookies every time we go to the store? How can I explain to him that we can't have it without him crying and throwing a fit? It's a great question because we've all been there, right? It's a terrific question. And, you know, there's no easy answer to this because basically... Uh, it, it, this is one of those things where Shannon and I, where there's lots of different solutions, by the way, and I can give you lots of different options, but they all take a little bit of effort. This is one of those things where we think we can handle a tantrum in the course of daily life, and you can't. You actually have to do an intervention for this, which basically means you will need to find the time outside of your normal routine of going shopping where you practice your child behaving in a shopping area. So, and it's not when you're shopping, because when you're shopping, you're engaged with and busy and trying to find the right foods and whatever it is, but this other intervention of how to fix that problem, it requires several visits. It requires you to go in and only walk in for, let's say, this is one way to do it. There's many ways to do it, but this is one way to do it. It's just you go in and you, you know probably the aisles and the locations and the things that will set your child off. So you will, initially you just go in, let's say, and you only walk into the very front area and you leave. And assuming you've caught your child not crying or tantruming or wanting anything, you leave and as soon as you leave, you give your child a big reinforcer, candy, whatever it was that he or she wanted. And he didn't because now you're reinforcing him without him having had a tantrum. So now the second time you go in another day and you go in a few more steps and you go to the fruit area, let's say, where there's nothing enticing there for the child and you leave. And uh, when you leave, you give your child uh, fruit, a candy again or whatever reinforcers. So you keep doing this. And if your child ever does actually tantrum, you leave and you don't give a reinforcer. And that's the key to it. I mean, the bottom line is what you're trying to teach your child is that I will give you this candy, but not if you tantrum. I will give it to you if you're able to be calm and quiet. And then you will get that reward. And, and by the way, you can use things like a, a timer, for example. You, can, you will gradually increase the time that your child is supposed to wait. I mean, and th all of these um, suggestions are, it would constitute just one way of doing it. There's lots of different ways to teach your child this. The key to it, though, is that there's two things going on for your child you have to understand. First thing is they are seeing these items that are very uh, provoking for them. So when they see a candy bar or something that they, the child wants, it, it reminds them, oh my God, candy, I want the candy, right? And so that's one thing. The second thing is they are, uh, this is a long period of time. When we go shopping, our kids hate it. Like it's an hour of having to hang out with you while you're doing all these things. So ideally, if you could, alter one of those two things so like avoid long shopping trips if you could um, because sometimes we just can't sometimes we have to take our children with us right and make sure that if a tantrum occurs you just leave you do not you have the help and the ability to not give in what what happens is that when our kids tantrum usually we're in public it's super super hard as you know shannon and we give in because yeah. Like you have a million other it's things It's easier to do. for us. I mean, there's just, sometimes you don't have a choice. Sometimes you just don't have a choice. Sometimes you're about to lose your mind. Yeah. Sometimes you're embarrassed in front of other people. Sometimes you just don't know what to do. You're like, I, ju I, have, I just have to get these groceries. Here, take the lollipop so I can right. get it done. That's right. Uh, yeah. And, and, or, and also, I, a lot of times what I've heard from parents is that just like the panic that we have when people are looking at us in the a judgment. bad way. The, the judgment. judgment the judgment kills us. So what I'm saying is like avoid all of that if you can. If you can't, just I would rather you give the child the lollipop or the reward before the tantrum occurs. 
So give, and by the way, you, you don't necessarily have to give them a lollipop or a candy. You can also give them their favorite toy um, or, you know, an, an iPad, something very, very distracting. But it has to occur when you enter the place so that it is before a tantrum occurs. If you manage to go five or ten minutes without a tantrum, you can also re reward that. Like, just make sure you're not rewarding when a tantrum occurs yeah. or, or a series of behaviors occur that, in, that, are in a, that you don't want, that are challenging. And you are rewarding when your child is behaving well. And that's really the difference. Okay, can I tell a really short, funny story? Of course. So uh, a, a couple of months ago, I had the opportunity in the middle of the summer to go and have dinner with some of our BCBAs who've been around for a long time. Right, right. So it, it was like the rock star of the rock stars. And we had dinner, we come out, and there's an ice cream place two doors down, they, and they wanted the ice cream. I think so, I know who these people are. I think you know who these people are, too. And, and so there were these people walking this big, big uh, English bulldog, uh -huh. and his name was Frank. Okay. And Frank was so adorable, and all of us were just squealing over Frank, and everybody else in the parking lot was squealing over Frank. Frank is so awesome. And they were trying to get Frank to walk because Frank needs some exercise. He's a little on the hefty side, and he wanted ice cream. Oh, Or God. to go home, That's right? Hilarious. And so Frank, like, threw a tantrum. He dug in, and he, like, pushed back in his back legs, he and he had this handle, this jacket with a handle on him, and this big guy owner was trying to get, he was like, come on, Frank. And and the mom of the, you know, because it was clear this is their baby, the mom was like, Frank, you know we have to go for a walk. And he would just <laughs> dig in, and he, right, and he was not going anywhere. And and so oh all God. these, and they don't know that this is a, a, a whim, this group of BCBAs with, you know, probably a thousand years experience between them. And and they're trying to convince Frank to go. And, and of course, Frank is like, I'm staying here for the attention in the hope that somebody gets me ice cream or I'm going back to the car. Those are the only two choices, right? And there, there, and, and there came this moment where mom went, oh, okay, Frank. Oh, yeah, I'm and, it. and let's go back to the car. And I think she even gave him some ice cream. And all of the BCBAs at the same oh, time right. went, oh. well, that's how it's going to be from now on oh. forever. And I was like, oh, my gosh, when you're with a bunch of BCBAs. They were like, well, Frank wins forever. That's right. Every single that's time right. now, that's Frank's right. going to do that because Frank knows if I hang that's out right. long enough, they're going to give me what I want. It was just so clear to them in Absolutely. the moment. But to that mom and dad of that of Frank the dog, they were like, well, we just gave in that once. Yeah. But all of the BCBAs were like, mm, good luck with that. Exactly. Frank now knows that exactly. works. So, and right. clearly Frank knew from before. But I, I thought, oh, I go mean, to dinner you, with BCBA. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> they're, they're secretly <laughs> like thinking these things. Right. But that's the thing. If we reinforce uh, tantrums, or that becomes our mode of communication. I mean, this is not just children on the spectrum, it's, it's everything. everyone. Everything it's and everyone. everyone. Yes. If anyone ever tantrums and you give in, they now learn that their tantrum is effective. So, Listen, I have said time and time again, if I could throw a tantrum and get out of doing my taxes, I would throw a tantrum every day. I could schedule it. I would be like, see, Absolutely. I don't, I don't, I don't want to have to do my taxes. Okay, so, and of course, I just uh, turned off my page here. Okay, and we should say, Ready Set Autism Family wrote in and said to Michelle, we have the same issue. We just found out that she would take anybody out for a Sour Patch Kid. I'm sorry, but like, I love how you worded that. She'd take them out for a Sour Patch <laughs> uh, That they go on to say, we implemented oh those gosh. into her ABA, and she's doing much better now. Yeah. So they found a different way to take that reinforcer and, and it use it to the, for the positive. Absolutely. Good job, mom. I mean, that's a, that's a really good one. We should actually talk about that for a minute. The, if you can, you know, that's another, it's called satiation. You essentially give the child enough re of that reinforcer at other times that are more appropriate. They're satiated. When they see the reinforcer, they don't want it anymore. So, okay. you know, that's a big point. But the mom who started the original conversation has written in and said he's so obsessed with snacks from the school and he doesn't have ABA because he aged out. So now that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, let's about talk about that out. because yeah. you don't age out. That's right. So nobody ages out of ABA. So I'm not sure where where does that term come from? Is it a school term or an insurance term? Well, a lot of states have these mandates that say you can only get 
um, coverage up till a certain age. And then the insurance company will say, sorry, your child has reached that age. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, I guess that's just the truth because that's right, the law. Right, right. Not realizing, because they don't have Julie Cornack sitting di directly next to them, that that is a state law. And state law is always superseded by federal law. And federal law has said there's no aging out. Yeah. So um, it isn't true. And when somebody right. tells you that your child has aged out, it's not true. Push back on that. Yeah. There, should, there will always be funding for uh, autism and ABA treatments for autism. And uh, it changes in, in the way that it is. When your child is much younger, you're supposed to be getting very, very intensive services, which is called a comprehensive program. But uh, for adults, we do uh, focused programs. So this would be one area of focus that, that they would work on. Absolutely. Now, LaToya has written in and said, how do I stop my kindergartner from having the giggles during his online schooling? He just starts laughing uncontrollably in the middle of doing his schoolwork. So, you know, this one, you really want to have someone if you can get from the school district a BCBA who can come in, BCBA stands for Board Certified Behavior Analyst. So this is just someone with a lot of behavior analysis experience and a credential. And what they do is they will sit and observe what is going on and tell you what the function is. In other words, why is he giggling? Now, if I had to guess, I would guess that he's giggling because by giggling he gets out of having to do the homework. So it's an avoidance function. He's avoiding this demand by giggling and then someone comes and has to motor him through it or help him or whatever it is. But I could be completely wrong because I don't know your child. I haven't seen the circumstances. I don't know what's exactly going on. So someone has to come and observe exactly what happens before exactly what he's observed, what he's looking at on screen, exactly how it's handled, and then they can tell you what the function is. When you've figured out what the function is, then from behavior analysis perspective, there's lots of solutions how to fix that. But without knowing that, I don't want to guess that it's possibly an avoidance function, but we'd have to see. Can I throw yeast on the fire? Absolutely, um, Because a lot of our kids have yeast issues. Um, and so they will behave like drunken elves. Absolutely, but not always, not just in front of the screen. Exactly. So that was going to be my next question. Yeah. Is there any other time that he does it, or is it specifically at a time of the day that he's doing it? Because it could be something that you're feeding him for breakfast. If you're that feeding could also him be. a breakfast cereal, and then it's 40 minutes later because the sugar has had an opportunity to have the yeast grow. Absolutely. It, 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 that for him, that sugared cereal might be the equivalent of like having a you know a thing of brandy. And and now he's drunk in front of his, um, you know, it, it could also, like artificial colors and flavors can kick up the Lots yeast as well. Lots of dietary stuff to produce the, especially yeast and yeast die-off, both produce this uh, giggling thing where you look like you're drunk and don't know what you're laughing about. So that's one option. You have to determine if that's the case because that would only then happen, as Shannon said, like if you've had a certain thing in the morning, and it's always happening at the same time of the day. If it happens all day long, then it could still actually be a yeast die -off. There's usually a smell associated with it. Yeah, uh, not if always? it's very strong. Oh, okay. So not really. The only way that you can accurately tell is an organic acids metabolize test, and that's go. not always accurate either. Okay. But you know, you that's definitely something you should have a doctor look into. Another option is that it is a behavioral thing, as I said, and he's giggling to avoid this demand. Another thing is that it could be a sensory thing, and what he's seeing on screen cracks him up. Yes. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you yes. really need to kind of have someone observe this situation and help you figure it out. Okay. Liz wants to know, hello, ladies. How can I help my 14-year-old verbal child can't keep his hands to himself? He often touches people's faces. Uh, pushes, is impulsive, doesn't measure his force when playing and hurts others by accident. Yeah. So again, on this is another situation where it's super important to figure out why he's doing that, the function of the behavior. So uh, if it's a sensory function, which is just the first one I would go to in this, I would ask, if I was with you, I would ask you, you know, does he have a sensory thing? Does he like touching textures or that type of thing? And, and is that why he's doing it? He could also be doing it because by touching people's 
faces, there's a reaction that comes from you or whoever is with him, and that's what he's hooked on, is the reaction. So again, I don't know what the function is. But if it is a sensory thing, you need to give him an, another item that produces that sensory stimulation for him, like let's say a small piece of something silky or whatever the texture is that he likes, and he can just actually have that in his pocket, and then you can teach him to, to play with that. This is the concept of if he has a sensory need, you're replacing it, you're allowing him to do it under other circumstances so he doesn't do it inappropriately. Okay. But it could be anything else. Like, again, you need these are very difficult things to answer without being able to observe the child because there, you have to identify what if he was verbal, what would he tell you? If he was able to communicate and tell you, I'm doing this because, what would it be? Is it, would he say, I'm doing it because touching people's faces is just really feels cool? Would he say, I like doing it because the way people react when I do it? Would he say, I like doing it because it kind of ticks you off and I enjoy watching that? What is the reason? Why does he do it? And then that's where you can alter the circumstances and fix things. There we go. Uh, someone else on YouTube, and I, I probably need a little clarification here, but they're saying life skills versus academic for a 12-year-old verbal ASD who is high-functioning okay. uh, but has sensory challenge and, and challenges. And then it goes on to say he is in a life skills class, and it says, but not a lot of homey unless we request. And I think that's probably homework. So what I'm saying, what I... Homework. homework. We have confirmation. So what I'm thinking is that and you know we all use these terms and say high functioning high functioning is different to each person like you know high functioning to me is someone who's going to recover so very very close to typically developing um, but high functioning could also mean someone who's verbal in, in contrast to someone who's nonverbal so it's it's very different but but I would always say so depending you know so there's uh, there's this psychologist and and dead you know an old psychologist passed away many Maslow and what he he had this uh, kind of hierarchy of survival right basically and you can say you know it, what matters most ba is based on just our survival needs right. so when you look at your child it probably matters most that he's able to do basic life skills rather than academic, right? So if you had a limited amount of time and you needed to choose, do I teach him how to, um, you know, I don't know, groom himself or learn the ABCs and I can only choose one of those, then I would probably say groom himself because it's always gonna be more important to survival. Having said that, if he has more time, don't, not resources, just time, then I would pack it with both of those things because obviously academic skills, some of them are not really going to be useful. A lot of the academic stuff that our kids are typically developing kids learn today is not because of the content. It's not like how many people actually remember which president was when or historically what war happened, what year. That's not the point, it's just that it keeps that mind active and it engaged and uh, some of our kids are actually very interested in academic stuff so it's somewhat rewarding. And, and of course basic academic stuff is important, like reading, writing, uh, some math skills. Those types of things are very useful in daily living. So it really depends on where he's at, what are the most important things and how much time does he have. If he has a lot of time, then you should do as much as you possibly can, do the life skills and academic skills. If he doesn't have time or if it's, you know, you can only focus on one, then I would always pick the life skills. And, and as far as the homework um, thing goes, because we also have another person who's asking how to help with homework, but um, I find, you know, I'm a for, former teacher, and I find it interesting when parents, everybody has an opinion about homework, right? Mm -hmm. There are some teachers who believe that homework just, you know, there are studies that show that it's not that effective, that, you know, like a very brief amount of it 
um, does the job because it's just supposed to reinforce whatever happened in the classroom. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is that when our kids are home with us, as parents, we can do all kinds of things with them. That's and true. so, you know, you can go to your teacher and ask for more homework, you mm -hmm. could, mm -hmm. or you could just find other, as you were saying, pack the schedule, find yeah. other activities. Um, but don't, like I'm reading between the lines and, and feel like this parent feels like they're not getting enough. So I'm urging you to please listen to Dr. Grampichet, pack more into the oh, schedule. Absolutely. Put more and, in. Yes, absolutely. But then for this parent who says how, the opposite, how to help with the homework, because yeah. homework can be miserable. Homework can be miserable and the whole system of homework has changed over the years. And I think homework, if it's done right, is very useful, I think. So if it's a teacher who gives you sort of more practice material for what was taught in class today, that's one thing. And that's probably useful. But right now, I think what has happened is that the teachers don't get through a lot of their curriculum. And so they never teach it. And they give the child homework. And then it becomes the parent's job to teach oh, it. Horrible. And that, I think, is really ridiculous, actually. So, but, you know, that's my opinion about how things are going educationally. But to, how to help with homework, it's the same thing. It's always the same thing. You will break down the behavior to its smallest units and increase reward. So if you get, I don't know, ten, five items of homework, you want to make sure that they are manageable for your child. You will, of course, help um, with you know, modeling, helping the child figure things out. But you want to make sure they're manageable. If they're not manageable, you need to go back to the school and you need to ask for accommodations. If you ask for accommodations, they will either make the homework easier uh, or just give your child less of it. And then you want to make sure at home you're rewarding every single accomplishment. Now, for some children, that might be a full sheet of homework or a full subject. You know, I would reward my kids when they had finals coming, uh, when they were in high school or middle school or even earlier. When they had tasks that I knew were coming, I would get them organized and schedule for them and say, today you're going to do these three and this is what you're going to do and then we're going to stop and play. Mm. And like, you need to help them figure out how to organize themselves and then reward it, right? You would definitely need to have strong rewards. And if it was a really tough subject, like let's say math, I would then make it just like every five questions you do, we're going to do some major reward. I'd make sure they get snacks frequently, all that kind of stuff, so that it was an overall tolerable or pleasant experience. And that's what you have to do with homework. Um, you know, and uh, otherwise it's just too much for our kids. And our, the other aspect of homework is that sometimes you'll be assigned homework which isn't due tomorrow. It's due in three days. And that's super important. Like a lot of homework is not about the content so much as it is about the organizing of when to do it, how much to do, is teaching our kids study skills, really. Um, I think I did pretty well with Nikki on that one. I was going to say, all of your kids are pretty amazing. Well, I don't, I mean, like, Sonny used to fight me on this kind of stuff all the time. I never could make math more rewarding enough for him. But he's too he creative. Got it. Yes, I know, I know. He's but he got through it, and he's yeah. great, and he got all he got A's, it. so it's and, good. And knows enough that he needs to know to go be a brilliant mind. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we're uh, about out of time here. I didn't get to the question uh, about card being errorless. I, I'll just answer it really quickly because okay. there's a question that says, is the card model errorless learning or is it prompt after every second trial? What you're describing is after two attempts, a child is prompted. That's discrete trial training. That's, uh, they re people refer to it as a no-no prompt. They, they refer to it as many different names. but. We're both. We're all of the above. What we do is when a, a thing is new, a concept is new, we do errorless. So we re reward a lot. When the child has had some exposure to it, we will go to um, the ABA discrete trial model, which means we give the child two attempts to get it on their own. If they don't, we want to make sure the last attempt is successful. So if you're at the two attempts and then a prompt, that means your child is a little bit more into the lesson. Mm -hmm. At the very beginning, it's errorless. There we go. 
I thank you so much for being it's here. It's a pleasure, with us. always. And I want to thank everybody else for being here. We have amazing shows this week. Uh, during tomorrow's show, we're going to have Dina Kimmel from We Rock the Spectrum so that we can talk a little bit more about the sensitive Santa. But don't be afraid. Sign up for your free tickets right now. Go on our Facebook um, and you can see where you can sign up for that. Uh, and then on Friday, big, big show, too. We've got more toys uh, and more wonderful guests. So don't miss out, but do sign up for Sensitive Santa if you're at all in the Los Angeles area. Thank you so much. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you, too. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>